You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to an edition of Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Monday, April 25th. As always, ladies and gentlemen, I am your host with sometimes occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You can find me on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And, and if you're so inclined, go follow at L-O underscore Padres for Padres-centric content, or go check out my baseball work, which you might be familiar with at a website called Just Baseball. And of course, guys, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, as always, for making Lockdown Padres your hashtag first listen. We are free and available on all platforms. And today's show is a fun one of talking about sad things, dare I say. I mean, every Lockdown Padres episode, I feel, is pr- I, I, I personally find very, very fun. I could be wrong. Leave me in the comments. You can make fun of me. I don't mind. I don't mind. I don't mind. I have thick skin. Not really. I'm a little sensitive. Don't be too mean to me, guys. But today we're talking about the Padres' first rivalry matchup of the season with, of course, those dastardly Los Angeles Dodgers. Going to be talking about each game, any kind of big takeaways I had from it, which, again, we are talking about baseball, ladies and gentlemen. And in the sport of baseball, which contains a multitude of games, in fact, 162 multitudes of games, it's hard to have all-encompassing takeaways, but we're going to try and do that anyway. Let's get into it. Let's get into it, guys. Let's first start with Friday's game. Friday's game was uh, a disappointing start for the, the rivalry, and one of the things I'm going to be talking about, and I'll mention this at the end of the show, is uh, I, I talked with Jeff Snyder of Lockdown Dodgers about the rivalry, whether or not it's still quite there between the Dodgers and Padres, because uh, certainly I think Major League Baseball might have think it, uh, it is, because it was on MLB Network basically every game, if I'm not mistaken. Was it every game? I think it was every game of the uh of the of this three game set i think was on mlb network which i thought was really fun and cool but overall the first game did not live up to the hype uh the padres lost six to one it was a nick martinez start in this one he goes four and two thirds allowing two earned runs on four hits struck out four over 102 pitches but more worrisome he had five walks now his first start, Nick Martinez, was really in control. He was really steady. He looked just kind of confident. He looked right. He looked like he was at least locating his pitches. And honestly, I think he had a pretty good pitch mix, not in just in terms of the totality, but in terms of when he used his other pitches. I thought he was quite good. In this game, though, and in his last start, he had four walks, and, this, and in this start, he had five walks. So he's walked more batters than he has struck out in the last couple games. Now, that being said, we have to remember that Nick Martinez, and I'm going to be saying this for a decent amount of Nick Martinez starts, I actually didn't think he looked too bad. You know what I'm saying? I actually, in this game, I did not think he looked too bad. Let's keep in mind that Mookie Betts, up to this point, who I had talked about on the episode, of course, on Friday, where I talked about the lineups and who has the best lineup in the division. One of the things I talked about was how Mookie Betts, he wasn't barreling balls and he was batting 170. He had, like, only three hits or whatever it was. And this is why, ladies and gentlemen, you don't buy into small sample sizes all the time. He hits two home runs in this game, one in the top of the fifth inning and one in the top of the ninth. Of course, the game was already put away by then, but crushed a 400-foot home run to start things off to left field. Max Muncy also uh, tagged 
Nick Martinez with one. And then a bunch of hits ends up coming later from Max Muncy and Justin Turner hitting sacrifice flies. Justin Turner is the only one in the Dodgers lineup that I think that as Padres fans, we can hope probably becomes a little bit of a minus, or should I say, has a decline this year. I am expecting it. He is old. Uh, But in this game, the Padres just wasting opportunities um, yet again. And it was, in my opinion, more of an offensive thing. Because yes, Julio Urias, he's a good pitcher. I get it. He's a good pitcher. He goes five innings in this game. Only one earned run on two hits. He did walk three, but nonetheless, Urias is a very solid pitcher and debatably could be a number one uh, in some circles, and certainly would be number one on a good amount of teams in Major League Baseball, at least in my opinion. I think if you put this guy on Oakland, on Kansas City, on Baltimore, on who else we got out there, right? Uh, the Phillies? The Phillies? Ooh, hot take. I don't know, man. I don't know. And quick thing, by the way, about the Phillies. Angel Hernandez. Ah, my man, you're killing us. You're killing us. you just... You're killing us. You're killing us with these calls. I'm surprised at Schwarber that that blow-up doesn't happen more often with Angel Hernandez called games. But anyway, um, also in this game, like I said, the two hits from Mookie Betts. I mean, the guy was due. I know he had a slow start, but it's something to be expected. I think that Martinez kind of overall, and I don't have like any crazy numbers for you, He he's a five-starter, right? He's the number five guy on the team. I know that he's like been pitching okay by all things considered. I actually think he's been... Fairly solid, actually, now I think about it. He has been okay in that in that regard. But let me tell you, you know, the Padres, they really need Martinez to at least be steady, and hopefully he can continue at least being a steady five, considering that both Clevenger and uh, Blake Snell are both on the IL right now. Because last year that was a problem with the pitching depth, and last year you also saw guys like Eric Lauer and Cal Quantrill uh, really develop and be solid starters. In fact, Speaking of this Brewers-Phillies game with Anna Hernandez, uh, Eric Lauer had 13 Ks last night and gave up no earned runs. So, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, keep an eye on the Trent Grisham trade watch because that one's not looking too good right now. Let me tell you, we thought it was a highway robbery at first. Right now, it's not looking good. So keep that. if you're an AJ Preller hater, keep that one in your ammo chamber. Uh, not looking too good. But overall, Martinez... I. I didn't think the start was that bad, but he does need to work on the control. He can't be too afraid to face hitters, even if those hitters are members of the Los Angeles Diners lineup. And it was really disappointing that basically the only run that the Padres, not basically, the only run that the Padres get is like a, an, an infielder's uh, fielder's choice from Will Myers allowing uh, Jerickson Profar to score. Uh, I also must bring up the first baseman. And by bring him up, I mean I will bring him up, but I will not name him. Let me be very clear, ladies and gentlemen. I will not name him. Okay, that's not changing. That's not changing. He goes two for four in this game with a double. He's batting 388 on the season. 358, I'm sorry, on the season. Um, after the events of yesterday's game. Trent Grisham gets gets two strikeouts in this game. Machado has two Ks in this game. It's fine. Manny's been the MVP of the team basically so far, but man, it's rough. And also, probably should have mentioned this at the beginning. Luke Voigt plays in this game, goes 0 for 3 with a strikeout. And Luke Voigt has now ended up on the IL, which is very, very unfortunate for the Padres. Calling up Luis Campizano is what the uh, what move was made after that. We'll talk about that more in just a second, though, guys. Before we get into the next game, let me just talk to you guys really quickly about something very, very important. Right? Very, very, very important. If you like predicting, all right? Because we're also going to be talking about one of my predictions coming true later on in the podcast, guys. We're talking about Bet Online. 
all right? It's your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. And yeah, that's really all I have to say about that, guys. I mean, hopefully you didn't bet like one of my good friends on the Bulls this weekend. Oh, daddy oh, be careful about that. Guys, head to the website today as your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. And now, this is the part where I... Uh, a little sip of water there. This is what happens when you talk fast. Thank you, as always, guys, just to reiterate, for making Lockdown Padres your hashtag first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. One of the reasons I stumbled a little bit a little bit in talking is because I forgot to mention that Luke Voigt went to the IL with on the 10-day IL with a biceps tendon injury. And Luis Campuzano was recalled by the Padres. This was announced yesterday. Um Here's what I will say. The I'm curious to see how this goes going forward. We actually have an episode uh, talking about Padres prospects coming out soon that we will be talking more in depth about Campizano. But I'm curious to see if they start using him a little bit more as a DH. Because it's not like his main thing is catching and good defensive catching. Are they out on Jorge Alfaro already? I don't think so. I mean, I am. I don't think that Jorge Alfaro is going to be particularly good. But as a backup catcher, whatever. We'll see how that all pans out. So that is one of the things that happened in that game but thankfully it wasn't all doom and gloom for the Padres and we're going to get into some of the gloom later but they did take one game of this two of this three series set uh, on Saturday a game in which Mr. U Darvish started and to be honest with you I was nervous I've said and this analogy gets used by a lot of people Dr. Jekyll Mr. Hyde you know yin and yang whatever you want to call it Tyler Durden and narrator and fight club spoiler alert uh, just overall we're a little bit worried about you, Darvish, but he showed up in this game, and I don't think it was lucky. I really don't think it was lucky. He goes six innings in this game, three walks, seven Ks, no earned runs, and only one hit from that dynamic, dynamic Dodgers lineup. And to me, you, Darvish, I said it before the season, it's not going to shock me if he's bad. It's not going to shock me if he's good. Incredible analysis, I know, but that is really how I feel. And in this game, uh, I think Darvish is capable of the big start every now and then. We are concerned about the the sticky stuff situation. We are concerned that he tinkers with his pitches too much. But from what I saw, especially given how um, absolutely shut down, just dominant the the Dodgers bullpen can be, I thought he was great. I thought his cutter in particular, four whiffs on that pitch, uh, looked really good. I do wish that he would stop with the tinkering so much. I don't think you necessarily need to throw the curve or the splitter nearly that much. I wish he, you know was a little bit more focused. The splitter actually got hit pretty hard in this game, uh, comparatively speaking, and his one sinker did get hit a little bit, uh, but not for too much. I think that overall, Darvish looked really solid, and there wasn't anything, there wasn't any super hard hit balls to suggest that he got overly lucky in this outing. It's really encouraging. Had that disastrous performance against the Giants, but man, did he bounce back. I, I mean, you got to give you Darvish credit. He has been really good for basically three of the four outings this year. Um, in this first outing, six innings, Yes, he walked more than he struck out, but didn't give up any runs. And then against Atlanta, six and two-thirds, no walks, eight Ks. And then in against the Dodgers, the line that I just mentioned. So love that from you, Darvish. But that's not all in this game, ladies and gentlemen. We got some, we got some special things. 
Got some special things. And it's why I'm wearing the hat. But first, it must be mentioned, Jake Cronenworth hit his first home run in this game to give the Padres a 2-0 lead, which was turnt and awesome and fantastic. Cronenworth, I know he's been bad to start, but still hitting the ball kind of the same way he always does. He's not whiffing too much. His expected on base, all the weighted on base stuff, he's going to find a way. He's been a little bit unlucky with some strike calls that have put him behind in the count and whatnot, but I have not seen anything to suggest that he's going to decline rapidly or anything like that. Is it possible he... Maybe doesn't have the all-star level year that he had last year. That's possible, but there's nothing to really uh, fear with Jay Cronenworth. Even if maybe, um, is it possible we're expecting a lot more about him or more from him just because he was so good last year? Maybe some people are thinking he was going to be even better this year. Maybe, but even still, that's just expectation-based, so it depends on what you guys feel. Personally, I think he's just a Zobris type. I think that he's going to be the same thing for years to come, which is great. I think this guy that there's a real scenario where he's a three and a half to four war player like every single year for like six years, you know, and they, just a genuine, consistent guy with a clean stroke and really solid defense and versatility. So I love Jay Cronenworth. He gets a big one in this game. Unfortunately, Trey Turner in the top of the eighth inning ends up, if, if I'm not mistaken, was it off Taylor Rogers? If I'm not mistaken, was it off Taylor? No, it was, it was Luis Garcia, actually, who made one of his uh, appearances. Uh, gives up a double to Trey Turner, who ends up allowing uh, both Chris Taylor and Gavin Lux to score. A little bit lucky that, you know, the Trey Turner hit, especially the way it was hit, he barreled it, mashed it. Guys, I'm going to say it. I'm going to grab my camera for this. Uh, yeah, they deadened the baseball this year. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, I'll take it. It's the same way for everybody. I'm not saying that we got lucky or anything like that. And the Dodgers fans certainly can't say that either. But yeah, Major League Baseball dead in the ball for sure. I mean, just if you look at, by the way, home run fly ball rate uh, in April by season. By season in 2017, it was 12.8. In 2018, it was 11.9. And then check this out. 2019, 14.4. 2021, 13.3. And then 2022, we have a 10% home run fly ball rate that's a significant decrease based on the last couple years so that also coming from jb stats and info on twitter just baseball stats and info oh man and that's no fun to me that's no fun but regardless in terms of this game it helped us and why i am wearing the nola hat is because austin nola gave us the sacrifice fly in this game in the bottom of the 10th inning after um What's-his-face, Trent Grisham hits a sacrifice to move. C.J. Abrams to third. It should also be talked about on top of the sacrifice fly from our boy, boy Noel. I will be wearing this hat every single time that he does something. Uh, it should also be mentioned that Jerkson Profar had a lightning gun throw that I'm going to be talking about a little bit more with Jeff Snyder of Lockdown Dodgers on tomorrow's podcast and his take on slides and all that sort of stuff. But love it. Love it, Jerickson Profar also with a double in this game. He did strike out twice, but Jerickson Profar to start the year has been very solid and unlike the first baseman, who must not be named. I buy into Profar having a solid season a little bit more. 239, 368 slash line uh, so far with a 565 slugging. The slugging will do go down. He has five homers on the year, but the walk to strikeout ratio, nine walks to 11 Ks, he's done so well that he's starting to back cleanup for the San Diego Padres. That's where we're at right now. Not Myers, right? Not the first baseman, not Alfaro, not, not Luke Voigt, unfortunately, who's hurt, but Jurickson Profar. 
I can see a scenario in which he bats 240, maybe gets a 350 on base, maybe hits for a tint of pop, has versatility, becomes a really solid guy in your lineup. I can see that. And you guys know, even when he was down last year, I still like Jerks at Profar, so I'm really rooting for him. I'm rooting for every Padre, but I really hope that this can uh, stay up to an extent. Um, to an extent. I don't think the power is totally there. I mean, after all, if I'm not mistaken, his career high in home runs is... Let me bring it up right now, just so I'm sure. He hit 20 back in 2018 with the Rangers, and then 20 with Oakland in 2019, which isn't the most in the world. And then with the Padres, he hit seven in the short in 2020 season, and then f- only four last year. So again, the walk strikeout ratio stuff, though, I can see that. I really can. I can see a world in which he hits like 240 and has a 350, 360 on base, which is kind of what we wanted out of Tommy Pham, by the way. And on top of that, we're getting good defense. He throws a great throw to nab Chris Taylor trying to get to third on a sacrifice fly. And that basically ends up being one of the reasons the Padres win the game, which was awesome. I love that. And it gets me very happy when we have moments like that. So shout out to Austin Null. And of course, shouts to Jerickson Profar. And let me quickly mention, if you guys are wondering, hey, wait, wait, you just glossed over that the Padres' first baseman, who must not be named, the ground ball gremlin, what's what's going on? He, he had a two for four game. And this game, did he have any hits in the Saturday game? I forgot, actually. No, he didn't. Um... Let me read something real quick. Just from Baseball Savant. This year, ground ball percentage. A little bit lower so far. 51%. So it's not that low. But it's lower than last year, which was 56.6. And his career average, basically, uh, absent the 2020 season, around like 54 or 55%, right? So that's nice. Line drive percentage, 32.6. That's going to go down, but still love to see that. And here we go. Mmm, mmm, mmm. He has a 2.3% fly ball rate. That's not very good. Not very good at all. Not very good at all. Hate to see that. Guys, it's reasons like this. It's with the launch angle. It's with the fact that, yes, he's hitting the ball hard, but not hitting it particularly hard. He still, you know, chases a little bit too many pitches outside the zone. Not walking enough. Sorry. So everyone wants to keep tweeting at me, go ahead, but I'm not seeing anything. But before we move on into the last game that featured a whole bevy of sadness, all right? A whole bevy of sadness. Let me just talk to you guys really quickly about... What, what I want you to take a guess what I'm going to talk to you about. I want you to take a guess. Rock Auto! That's right, not Built Bars. Usually that's how I set up the Built Bars stuff. But guys, we are not talking about... Built Bars, guys. We were talking about Rock Auto, and while I am not familiar, I'm familiar with treats and goodies and whatnot, as you might be able to tell with my belly if you're watching me on YouTube, guys, Locked on Padres on YouTube, um, I am definitely not familiar with the old Rock Auto in terms of, not Rock Auto, I'm not familiar with cars, see? Just, just even beginning to talk about this, I start getting all flummoxed and whatnot. I don't know what I'm doing, but thankfully, Rock Auto has people like me who don't know anything about cars covered you can save time and money when using Rock Auto as well, which is very important. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? For example, Honda Odyssey fuel pump, it's 353 from chain stores, only 216 buckaroos from Rock Auto. They are a family business and they've been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Their prices are reliable though for every customer and they've got 
you know, all the car parts you can need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even a new carpet. That's right, man. They got you covered on everything. Go to check out their website. It's really easy to navigate as well. And when you go there right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure to type in locked on in their how'd you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliable prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. That was good. That was good. Let's talk about Sunday's game, guys. And this one I'm going to be kind of kind of quick on in terms of the recap. Because the Dodgers absolutely handled the Padres in this game. 10-2 uh, to two final score. The hits coming off of a Justin Turner sacrifice fly. A Freddie Freeman bomb in the top of the third inning. A Cody Bellinger bomb 403 feet to deep center in the fourth inning. Will Myers does pick up an RBI in this game. He was due for something, I guess, at some point. And then... Unfortunately, you get some Chris Taylor hits, and you get a three-run home run from Cody Bellinger. Two on the day for him. Jake Cronenworth makes a fielding error. It uh, Unfortunately, that's one thing that you saw, right, is that unfortunately the Padres made kind of their first errors of the season. They came at a bad time. They've been playing great defense. They broke the MLB record for consecutive games without an error to start the season. But uh, they've made some in this series, including one from Jake Cronenworth. That is unfortunate. And overall, just an overall thrashing. Sean and I in this game. Wasn't good, obviously, based on the final score. You should be able to tell that. Five strikeouts, which was nice, but three walks, six hits. That amounted to six earned runs, one of them uh, unearned, obviously, because of the old errors and what have you. Uh, and the Padres only put up two. Here's the thing. And Denelson Lamette actually came in in this game for in, uh, a little bit of relief. Only two-thirds of an inning. He gave up an earned run. But uh, I will say, in terms of just the limited action he's seen coming out of the bullpen, I think they're trying to make him a dominant Maybe even long inning, long kind of a stretch. What is that called? A long reliever? Is that what they call a long reliever kind of guy? I think he's looked okay, but unfortunately does give up a run in this game. And then Avila, Pedro Avila kind of coming in to be the sacrificial, you know, lamb guy that just has to take up innings. Same thing for, for Ray Kerr. It's fine. I'm not blaming the bullpen. And to an extent, I'm not even blaming Sean Manaya. I talked about this on the episode Back with the Cincinnati Reds one, his exit average exit velocity that was surrendered in that game was actually higher than Nick Lodolo, the opposing pitcher for the Reds. So I actually think the Padres might have gotten a little bit lucky in terms of offense in this game, in that game, uh, going their way and not going the other team's way. Shamanaya gives up hard contact. And I'm not saying that in the sense that he's awful or anything like that. I'm not saying that it's this big issue I'm worried about. Right? This is what happens. And I know that a lot of the baseball Twitter people, right when a guy gets traded over, they like to screenshot the scat, stat cast profile and just say, he's bad, the end. Look at him. He has a hard hit rate that's really high. Well, sometimes that's what happens with guys who throw sinkers and off-speed stuff primarily, all right? If you make contact with those pitches, especially in today's MLB, with everybody aiming for home runs and power and launching balls into the air and turning those fly balls into home runs... That's what's going to happen sometimes, right? You're just going to get lit up. Joe Musgrove can give up really hard contact sometimes, right? That's okay. Not everybody's Jacob DeGrom who throws off-speed curveballs that go 140 miles an hour, right? Like, it's crazy. And it happens. He's, like, curving the ball like bullets and wanted. You know what I mean? He's doing all sorts of crazy stuff. But that's just what happens. That doesn't make them bad pitchers, all right? And like I was just alluding to with this red start, where Sean and I might got a little bit lucky with the just how hard the Reds were hitting the ball comparatively, it, he was due for a little bit of a regression. 
Now, his ERA in the season is still 3.47. He's still had three straight great starts. And most importantly, what I liked, the consistency. Seven innings, six innings, six innings. Against San Francisco and Arizona, that's still very neat. And then also the start against Cincinnati as well. Uh, I still love the consistency in a guy who's able to go six innings and be pretty efficient with his pitches for the most part. He was due for some hard hits. And you know what? The Dodgers offense, this is what happens. And, I, and maybe this is not something that stat people agree with. But when the other team is making it so easy for you to just get to the offense again, right? Like, the Padres' offense is really the story of the weekend. And the story of the weekend is that the Padres' offense looks a mess. Right? And the Dodgers' offense, Shamanaya was due. So I'm not, I'm worried 0% about Shamanaya because he is expected to be the four, he's a fourth or fifth guy potentially in this rotation. Potentially. Again. Snell, Clevenger are out right now. We don't know how everything is. As far as I'm concerned, we only basically know for sure that it's probably Darvish and Musgrove as the top two guys. We don't know who's going to be three and four, but that's exciting about the rotation. So I'm not concerned with that at all. Instead, I'm concerned with the fact that the Padres love to ground into double plays right when you don't need them. One from Jerks and Profar and one from Trent Grisham in this game, unfortunately. Uh, Profar does able to, is able to draw a walk, but for the most part, not much to be excited about. Yes, the first baseman, who must not be named, hit, got two hits in this game and was one of the runs that scored. But again, the Padres' offense, this is going to be a concern. This is a concern. The concern is that, especially with Luke Voigt hurt, I don't know where the runs are going to come from. Uh, but this is something that I was expecting all season would be the big question is whether or not their offense can survive, especially without Fernando Tatis Jr. in the lineup. Can they survive? I think with how good their rotation and personally how good their bullpen is, they can. However, and I mentioned this in my little video that I put out on Twitter, Manny Machado isn't prime Bonds, Ken Griffey, 90s A-Rod, one of the guys who's been the closest we've seen to carrying offenses, those OG uh, A-Rod years like he tried his best to be a one-man offensive machine that guy but he's not that level instead he's just a really great player who's also going to give you good defense that's the issue here is that we need other guys to step up and I mentioned it earlier with the Eric Lauer thing Trent Grisham man Trent Grisham and you know who I will say I like Azokar Jose Azokar of the Padres I kind of like this guy and I know that he doesn't currently necessarily have a spot on the team but I kind of like him. I kind of like Jose Ozokar. I don't know. There's this, there's a, there's a, it's an all feeling eye test thing for me. And I'm scared that if the Padres trade this guy with the Padres luck, he's going to be another Ty France where we trade the guy because we're like, well, what are we going to do? We already have our second baseman and the first baseman is stuck there for a while. So this guy's kind of just going to be there. And then I don't know if people were following this weekend. Ty France is a monster and it sucks. What if the, and then part of me is like, oh no, they're going to trade a Zokar and he's going to become Lorenzo Cain, prime Lorenzo Cain, wherever he goes, right? He's going to become what we want Trent Grisham to be. That's not great. Um, so Grisham, I'm not surprised by Grand Ball Gremlin. I'm not surprised by Will Myers. I'm not surprised by CJ Abrams or by Hassan Kim necessarily. I'm not sure. So, I mean, Jay Cronenworth, I'm not, I'm surprised by, but he'll be fine. Austin Nola, no, that's surprised by. Trent Grisham was one of the guys that the Padres really need to step up. And so far, he has unfortunately just not been that. He's batting 143 on the year, 250 on base. Yes, he's walking a decent amount, but he's also striking out so much. He's got seven walks on the year, but 18 Ks. That's not good, man. So while he does have a decent eye at the plate, he's swinging through so much stuff. And I'm not saying he's a bad player. 
I'm just worried that he is a lowercase g good. You know, that's what I'm worried about. Because if that is what he is, then that Eric Lauer and Luis Urias trade is probably an L for the Padres. Another one for the Padres. And we don't need more L trades, right? Because AJ Preller is already on thin ice with Padres fans right now. So that's just how I feel about it. I don't know what you guys think. Overall, pitching was solid uh, this weekend, I think. In term- I know that the the runs from Manaya and I know that the runs from Martinez weren't great. But personally, loved, 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 loved the Darvish start. And to be honest, that made the weekend all worthwhile. Winning an extra innings game, it's okay. The Dodgers are really, really good. The Padres are just cursed with being in their division right now. It is not as much an indictment on the Padres, but rather just how good the Los Angeles Dodgers are as of right now, especially with the Padres lineup being real, real cold. Colder than ice. Colder than than um than than frozen guy. What's that dude's name? The little snowman? Olaf. Colder than Olaf. Is that Yeah, but he wasn't anyway, moving on before I get a little bit too much, guys. Um so yeah. But the good news is the Padres schedule upcoming for the next couple weeks is really solid. So we're gonna be able to have potentially some some teams that the Padres offense can get hot against. They've got the Cincinnati Reds who Sneaky might not have the worst rotation in the world with your Luis Castillo, with Hunter Green, with Nick Lodolo, but even still, those aren't that isn't a very good team. You got the Pittsburgh Pirates after that. Two against the Cleveland Guardians, four against the Miami Marlins, three against the Chicago Cubs before taking on the Atlanta Braves again, and that's when, you know, it's the Padres aren't playing a lot of their division rivals for a little bit. Which is very interesting. They don't play the Giants until a little bit longer from now. Haven't played the Rockies yet, so that's what it's a really interesting schedule to start out for the Padres. So don't give up hope, guys. I know it was depressing because we want to beat the Dodgers. Perhaps we want to beat them too bad that we end up getting into stadium fights, which isn't great. I saw those videos on Twitter. Don't do that, guys. Um, that I know it's frustrating, and I know it's frustrating to get absolutely trounced, especially with one of the pitchers who had been doing so well for us. But look at it long term. This is still a team that can win maybe 90 games if they're lucky and things bounce right with how dynamic their rotation is. And with hopefully their offense can come back a little bit, Tatis comes back, there's things to hope for. And maybe, maybe, I'm curious to see how they use Luis Campizano. I know that Jorge Alfaro and Austin Nola are the primary catchers, and they probably should be. Well, at least Nola probably should be, because Jorge Alfaro doesn't really do much defensively. He swings at quite literally every pitch in existence. But I wouldn't necessarily hate if they bring up Luis Campuzano, one of the top catching prospects in minor league baseball, and one of their overall top prospects, I wouldn't hate if they brought him up and were like, let's just make him the everyday DH. Maybe give some, not have him have to worry about too much. Not have him have to worry about the catching and the defense, which isn't necessarily something that's his strength, right? His strength is the hitting in the minors. Maybe, maybe, right? I would not hate that if the Padres went that route. But of course, Bob Melvin and management and company... They're going to figure out the lineups. I'm very curious to see, though, because I really wouldn't hate Campizano being the DH for a while, especially with Voight on the IL. That's just me, though, guys. That's just me. And, guys, I want you to go check out another podcast on top of mine. Okay, all right. There's another podcast you got to go check out, Locked on MLB. Paul Francis Sullivan, but please call him Sully. He invites you on a journey through Major League Baseball, both past and present. Go check out that podcast. It's really good. And in terms of the future of this show, tomorrow I'm doing a crossover with Locked On Dodgers host Jeff Snyder, where we talk about 
all things baseball. Really nerdy, really fun chat, actually. Jeff makes a bunch of cracks and whatnot, but it is really good. We discuss, is the rivalry still a thing, right? We talk about that. We talk about a whole bunch of stuff and talk about Cody Bellinger. We talk about CJ Ayers a little bit. I talked about Sean Maniah, Mackenzie Gore. It's fun. And he said, had a lot of nice things to say about the Padres. And then on Wednesday, I'm talking with my good old buddy, Arm Layton, to talk about the newest top 100 MLB prospects list over at JustBaseball.com and talking about his thoughts on Abrams, Gore, Robert Hassel, who he has a lot of nice things to say about, Luis Campizano, especially with him getting called up. It's a really fun chat about not just the Padres prospects, but nerding out about prospects and why they're so important in general. That's a lot of fun, and he's been on the show a lot. Longtime listeners, you know how good Arm is. That's basically it, though. With that all being said, guys, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. All right. Follow me on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, at L-O underscore Padres on Twitter as well, and Lockdown Padres on YouTube. Let's get those subscriber numbers up. And until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. My prior faithful enemies, take care.